What's going on, guys? It's the Shy Town Pucks here. Um, we have Kevin over on the other side. Kevin, how's it going? Going oh, good, man. Good night. Good yeah. Night. Yeah. So we have some we have some cool stuff today. We have um, later in the episode we're gonna have a, a conversation with Gizmo, the Blackhawks ringside reporter. Uh, we love Gizmo. We had the chance to talk to him about a year ago. We're excited to be able to share another um, conversation that we had with him, and hopefully more moving forward in the future. We're going to talk a little KHL, a little bit of college hockey, and um, and a little bit of the NHL as a whole. So I'll kind of kick it off, Kevin. So, you know, we have had a couple episodes recently, and obviously one of the topics in those episodes has been, you know, what's going to happen this season with the NHL. We've made brilliant suggestions, might I say. Wouldn't you agree, Kevin? Brilliant. Brilliant. Moving the needle, as some would say. Moving the needle. That's the goal. Just move the needle. It's my money. And we, the NHL wants it now. We all want it. We all want it, but some need it. Some need it. But we want it. We want it. So, you know, I I think that we were pretty optimistic for, for a January 1st start in our first episode. A little less up or the first episode talking about it, a little bit less optimistic the next time. And, and I think we're feeling a little bit less optimistic now. You know, I, I guess the only thing I want to touch on before we move over to college hockey is, you know, we really hope that, that everyone can come to an agreement and we can play hockey. I know that we've, you know, set our piece, made our goofy suggestions, but at the end of the day, we just want hockey. We want people to get paid. We want everyone to be able to go out there and enjoy playing. We want people to get out there and enjoy watching you know, hopefully soon there can be fans, butts in seats, but um, that's all we're going to say there. We're going to move on. Hopefully by the time we have another episode, we'll have more um, positive news and, and we'll go from there. So uh, I'm going to stop you right there. Ooh. A couple teams today said that they're looking at all outdoor games. Would you go to outdoor games or would you be happy about having like 60 or 48 outdoor games? I mean, yeah, that's like ideal it's something (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like, so you're telling me there's going to be outdoor games instead of indoor i would take that yeah 100 percent. that's exciting it would be cool to see outdoor hockey in places that we like weren't expecting to see anytime soon like in miami yeah miami i mean look like outdoor hockey is beautiful like everyone loves a little outdoor hockey um and if outdoor hockey hockey is what gets the season going it gets some butts in the seats makes everyone happy like Fuck yeah, let's go. I mean, I would be happy with all outdoor hockey without COVID. It would be kind of cool, man. It, it would be really cool to see all outdoor hockey and seeing some stadiums maybe we haven't seen before. I, I'm guessing a lot of stadiums we haven't seen before, but I'm guessing a lot of MLB stadiums or college stadiums, stuff, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, excited. yeah, no, I think I look, I just want there to be hockey, man. I just want to go. I want to watch some hockey. That's it. Is that too much to ask for? Is is that too much to ask for? Maybe at this point, yes, which sucks, but no, it's not too much to ask for. It's definitely too much to ask for, but it's not too much to ask for. All right, let's talk college hockey. Yeah, it, honestly, with hockey, at least professionally-wise in the U.S., it's at standstill. We may not have hockey for another two months. So I'm jumping on college hockey fully bandwagoned when I can actually catch games and they're not airing at like two in the afternoon. Um, but dude, it's, it's not the greatest hockey in the world, but it's live hockey. 
So I'm behind on this bandwagon. I have not jumped on yet. I mean, obviously, I'm going to. What's the team of choice, Kevin? I've been between a couple and Minnesota fans since I was a kid, but I think I'm jumping fully on Notre Dame. I can support that. I, they're local. I I just think they're a little bit exciting. They're playing with the Big Ten. It's And I get the Big Ten channel, so I get all the games. But, yeah, no, I, I'm jumping fully on Notre Dame bandwagon. Shy Town Pucks, Notre Dame Pucks podcast. Yes. Are you going to jump on the bandwagon with me, or are you going to jump on another team? I'll jump on if you can name three players. Uh... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm fucking on. Let's go. <laughs> what do I... <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. What do I care? What do I care? I have literally nothing to do. You had a little game you wanted to play, right? A little, little college hockey yeah. game? So, technically... There's a lot of teams within the Big Ten that don't actually have D1 hockey. Who do you think would be the best who doesn't currently have a D1 program? Like, I'm what are we missing out at? So qualified for this answer because I don't know exactly which teams so, do, except for the obvious ones. But I'll name them. I'll okay, name them. please, please do. University of Illinois, Indiana okay. University, University of Iowa, Maryland, uh, Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, and Rutgers. What are we missing here? Like, dude, we're missing Northwestern. I want a nice hockey stadium put up for Northwestern, and I want to see some sick jerseys from that team. Oh, I I agree. See, what sparked this idea is me and my dad have been talking about college hockey. We were watching it during Thanksgiving. It was the Wisconsin ASU game. And we were talking about Northwestern in general, because I said, what school do you think needs a hockey team? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I said, what about Northwestern? His first response, yeah, I don't think they got a hockey curriculum. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> solvable. Yeah, right? But I was like, hey, they got football. Like, they got... I mean, come on. He's like, yeah, I don't see hockey guys going there for school. What a I'm wild, joking. what a wild thing. You're so right. Is he, yeah, he's not wrong. I think Northwestern is the best answer, but I think there's a hidden gem in Purdue. Mm. Because You're probably right, but I don't like it. I don't like it either. But Purdue, I think, can get the Michigan kids and the Illinois kids, if that makes any sense. They're in a perfect Indiana triangle. They're in the Bermuda Triangle of Hockey Midwest. The Bermuda Triangle is a bad thing, soft, but okay. I, it's what, a triangle. The Michigan... <laughs> Lake Michigan Triangle of hockey. The, so it's like a perfect trifecta. Mm. Yeah, but and I don't I like feel it. Like, Northwestern, yeah, the they're the team. They're the answer. The answer is, yeah. you can't say and an answer and then be like, but I don't like it. It just doesn't sound an answer, Kevin. I'm not wrong. And you're so right on the jerseys. I think I would love to see some like off-white purple jerseys or something yeah. like that. You know what? I, I just figured it out. They are, Purdue is the Bermuda Triangle because they, they get good prospects because of the place they're at, and then those prospects start to suck because they want to, they disappear. <laughs> and then they transfer to Northwestern. Yeah. Once they get the grades up. They get, yeah, they get into Purdue because it's easy to get into. The classes are easy, so they can get their GPA up so they can transfer to Northwestern. Yeah. And by then, Northwestern has a curriculum made for the hockey guys. Perfect. See, we got to talk to someone about this. We are problem solvers. I will problem, say that. Yeah. Solution. I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. John Taffer. John Taffer. <laughs>
This episode is sponsored by um by rescue. Shut this podcast down. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> all right. All right. All right let's so, shift. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, oh. wait. Now, before I shift, what do you think would be the worst Big Ten school? Give me the give me the give me the list one more time. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, wait, wait. Come Nebraska on. was one, right? Yeah. Yeah, Nebraska is my answer. Hands down. See, I want to say Iowa. No, Nebraska's worse. I know. Dude, have bad. you been there? <laughs> like it's it's not I've great, driven man. Through. Yeah, me too. I, I drove in. I drove I drove through to get to you. <laughs> it's not great, man. But it's I had an ex who went to University of Iowa and for the most part, eighty percent of the kids are kinda weird. They're just like they're not they're not weird, they're just like just off. Okay. I feel like that's worse. <laughs> but but okay, but when I think of Iowa, I feel like you're not that far from like hockey cities. When I think of Nebraska, even though I'm probably not right about this because geography is not my forte, I feel like you're fucking far from Midwest. anything hockey yeah. related. You're you're in the shit, dude. <laughs> like you want to go like find a <laughs> hockey rink out there? Good luck. By the way, okay, this brings up another topic for University okay. of Iowa. Okay. So there, there's a Quad Cities mall like right next to University of Iowa. And I'm not kidding. It's a mall with a hockey rink in it. Like there's like a f- food court, and then there's a mall. There's a mall hockey rink that there's pretty pretty high division like like sports and stuff. Like kids that are like eight to twelve years old are playing in. And there's parents, and it's in a shopping mall. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's really cool though. Go check I mean, it out when you're getting gas. COVID definitely killed that rink. Yeah, shopping mall. Yeah, is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's, I'm I'm shocked more people don't know about this. I don't know about this. I the answer is Nebraska though. It's like you like agree with me, but you just like can't let go of that backup answer. You're just like, Ugh, like, but what about this? Well, yeah, I need what about Kevin. This? But what about the weird kids of Iowa? <laughs> you said they're not. No, you you corrected yourself and said, well, they're not weird. They're off, which is. Which is much worse, Kevin. So go go up my, to someone and tell them ex- they're weird, and they'll be like, okay. And then go up to someone and tell them you're just off. They're eh, not gonna see. Be happy, they man. seem normal when you're in the University of Iowa, but if you took those kids and put them in our college, people would be like, oh, that that kid's kind of off. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, like if they, you take them out of their element, they're off. But when they're there, they're in the correct pond. And because of that, no hockey. I don't disagree with that. I think those are safe, solid answers. These are not hot takes at all. And, okay, so we were talking college hockey. We're just talking alternatives because there's no NHL now or in a little bit. I was thinking maybe diving down some KHL brackets of maybe trying to catch more highlights than I usually do. Obviously, you're not going to watch them really at all. But (laughs) I was looking at some names of KHL teams, and I know I don't know all of them, and I don't know about you. I don't. I have the names here. Okay. Yes. So wait, I what do I have to do? I'm going to say the name, and I want you to say, is it a KHL club or is it not a KHL club? This seems easy. Okay. Okay. We're going to start off. Tractor. 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 <laughs> Tractor. It is a KHL team. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Torpedo. Oh my god, it feels like it is, but no, not an NHL team. Not a KHL team. It is a KHL team. God damn it, of course it is. Fucking of course torpedoes. it is. The Torpedoes. That's <laughs> not a... It's No, it's not a good name. I'll say that much. Okay. Go on. Schmear. Schmear. Oh my god. No. Correct. Okay, good. Thank god. <laughs> I mean, there's some weird names in here. Okay, so... There's two teams left. Just say them both, and I'll pick the one that is and is not. Oh, is. I like that. Because I'm We're assuming problem one. We're solvers. We're problem yes. solvers. Thank you, John. Victory. Taffer. Victory. And AK Bars. <laughs> God damn it. I want to be AK Bars so bad. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm struggling to commit to that answer. You know what? AK Bars, KHL team. Victory, not KHL team. Correct? I can't even figure out their logo. Look it up. It's What what is the name? It's AK AK and then bars and then there's a word I cannot pronounce after. AK bars. All right. All right. I'm looking at it, the Oh so, my god. What is it? So uh a, a sphinx dragon or sphinx There's dragon. a lot more to so if, if we start getting into KHL, I think they are our club. I, I don't know what country they're in. There's like two different logos they use. One's like a lion with some paint behind it. Oh, dude. During the lockout season, they had Vincent LeCavalier, Brad Richards, Alex Kovalov. Uh, Kevin, this seems stacked. <laughs> dude, their logo is unreal. Yeah, it's a it's a lion with wings. It looks Roman as shit. Yeah, they have like two logos. It's not like even the, a lion. I, it's like a tiger, but not a tiger. I also, I I think it's yeah. I think it's maybe it's a leopard. Did you see the the alternate one of just the jacked looking leopard? <laughs> yeah, no, the one with it's uh it's made in Windows ninety seven paint, which yes. is like just yes. a lion. Yes. AK Russian bars, whatever that, how yeah. you pronounce that. And then just. And then just like a smear of blue. A smear. <laughs> a smear. Like the other non KHL team. Okay. Boy. There's a flag of that logo, and it looks unbelievable off Amazon. So if we go fully in, oh, it's from, I think they won in 2009, because I'm going to send that to you right now. You're going to love this. I'm excited about this. I think they won something in 2009. Not sure entirely what it is. I couldn't even name you the, the KHL Cup, but that's pretty cool for 2009. That looks like it's from 1983. Okay, so Chi-Town Pucks, Notre Dame Pucks, AK Bars Pucks. Actually, you know what? Maybe we just bail on Chi-Town and go AK Bars Pucks. AK Bars Pucks? It's got a ring to it, dude. We'll, we'll think about it. AK Bars Okay. I think it's nice. It is nice. And then we could have a sick leopard lion in our logo. I mean, we could do that without yes. changing the name. You're right. We, do what the people do want. In the first place? Yeah, we'll do that now. Yeah. We'll do a fan vote of what animal they want our logo to have. And we'll give you one option. AK bars. Leopard. <laughs> yeah. It's already been decided, guys. I'm sorry. It's already been decided. It makes you wonder what Seattle was thinking when there's this kind of content out there. Just copy the KHL. Look at that. 
That's a team that the millennials jump on. That's a team that the old hockey fans jump on. That's a winner. Even though I said this a second ago to put a a fan vote out there, they should eliminate all voting and just have two guys in a room together for at least three hours and then come up with an idea. It doesn't have to be the best idea. It's just an idea. And it's probably going to be the best idea possible. I have no idea what you're talking about. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Who? (laughs) Seattle or any franchise moving forward Ah, to come up with a team name instead of a fan vote. Just two guys in a room to solve it. Two fans from that city, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm supportive of that. You just got to hope that they're not like two weird people, as you like to say, that if both think similarly. Because what if like, we're in trouble. what if they're in there for like two minutes and both walk out and they're like, we're going to be the AK bars. You're like, fuck yeah. It. So easy. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think it's time to pass it over to the conversation yeah. we had with Gizmo. What do you think? Absolutely. Great conversation. Good catching up with them. You guys will enjoy it. Chicago Blackhawks own. All right. So Shaitan Pucks here. We have Gizmo back. Um, we had the chance to meet with him about a year ago and he is back about a year exactly since the last time we talked to him. Um, we're super excited to have you here, Gizmo. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, are you kidding me? Love it, boys. Uh, it's good to see you, fellas. Uh, we, got the, we got the Zoom going, which is... Uh, Something I, I didn't necessarily anticipate 2020 being so dominant on, but it's uh, it's good to see you guys, and it's, it's always good to talk about the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. So um, I couldn't agree more with Zoom. I feel like I spend my life <laughs> on Zoom now, which is yeah, sad. Can we yeah. just before we jump into it? How did Skype drop the ball? I don't know, right? Like I feel bad for those guys. Like they completely missed the boat at like the most crucial time, and I feel like the Zoom guys were like, "Yeah, we'll do it." And now it's just like it's become the word of, of 2020. I mean, I was on Zoom a little bit before um, before this all happened. So, I mean, I already had it downloaded and was moderately savvy with it. But I think like when this thing went down the way it went down, it just became so dominant. But I was telling you guys before I got rolling, I, I went into I got I was just I was a mess. Like my laptop went down about a week into it. I was scrambling to figure out what <laughs> Do I need a new iPad? Do I get a new Mac? Like what what is the what is the what is the move for me? So I ended up going with like an iPad Pro, but it's it's got its limitations when it comes to like this teleconferencing stuff. Yeah, but you beat Apple is what you told us. I did beat <laughs> Apple today. I got yeah. my iPhone and my iPad going. I would I would take a picture, but I don't have another device to do it with. <laughs> for for anyone's listening, he basically sat his phone up against like his other computer so he could video <laughs> record himself. Which I don't I'm a guy it. I'm a guy it real good. In there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a mess. I'm a mess right now. It's just not even funny. <laughs> Join the party. <laughs> yeah, I but, get uh, it. But yeah, what, what else have you been up to? Like as of late? <sighs> you know, it's been actually for me, it's been a ton of, I, I mean, I'm in Denver right now. So long story short there. So I worked for NBC Sports Network for a long time. And when I was with them, I was based in Denver, Colorado. And so when I worked for the Vegas Golden Knights, we were still based in 
Colorado because it was on AT&T Sports at Rocky Mountain. So basically, when I got the gig last year in Chicago, I didn't really have time to to change over and go from full time in Denver, where I have a house, a, a house full of furniture and belongings and everything, and 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 drop and quickly move to Chicago. So I basically just had to uh, kind of live in two places. So when everything happened the way it happened, the plan was the summer was to transition full time to Chicago. So I wasn't really able to do that with everything going on. So long story short, in the off season, I've stayed in 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 Denver. and it's been really nice weather up until a week ago. So my entire quarantine has spent jogging and uh, a lot of golf. Like I played probably golf four or five times a week out here. So there's a bunch of NHL guys that live out here in the summertime. Um, so for me, that's been fun to, to, to get to hang out with them and, and catch up. And obviously they're really good at golf as well too. So we've had some, we've had some good fun. We've had some challenging, uh, we've had some challenging rounds. It's been like a summer long tournament with, with me and a bunch of my buds out here that, that were in the same boat as I was that really couldn't play. So yeah, we, we've had a good time. My golf game got really good there for a while. It's now I feel I haven't golfed in about two weeks and I feel like it's not going to be great when I go back and try and play again. Tournament level. Can you enter some like amateur, you think? Let's see. I got down to, I think I started the summer at a, uh, at like an 11 handicap. And I think my last, my last, like at the peak, at my peak low, I was like a four, like a four or five. Yeah, I was playing pretty good. That's I, I changed my wedges up, which was major. I, I didn't realize I've been, I'm, I'm a creature habit. Like even with my hockey gear, like I like, I like what I like. And so I had the same irons. I've had the same irons since, uh, wow, 2000, 2012. So my irons and my driver are like 2012 Cleveland's and my wedges were that way too. So this summer when I really was getting hot and heavy into it, I, I switched out my driver, I switched out my hybrids and I switched out my wedges and it was unbelievable the difference that it made like just my short game just being able to be a little bit more precise around the greens and most of the time for me out here in colorado because the air's so thin a lot of holes i'm you know i'm driver you know 52 degree or driver pitching wedge i mean sometimes there's a couple long holes or some holes you got to play a little bit more precise you're going to your mid irons but i mean i don't really hardly pull i don't hardly pull the five iron out or you know, I think my most used clubs are probably six, seven, eight, you know, 52, 60. So it, it all came down to like my short game. So once I got like new, once I got new wedges and I was biting on the greens, I'm like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> yeah, short game's the hardest game. Like, oh, yeah. If you ever want to smoke anyone in golf, take us golfing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play. I'll play. I'll, we'll go out. And I don't hit, even, we'll go out. Hit it around. <laughs> I don't even have a putter. I have to borrow whoever I'm golfing with to putt. <laughs> no, I say, See, that's like, hey, buddy, I need the putter again. I'm a golf degenerate. Like the past two years, all I've done was par threes, and I'm borrowing my buddy's clubs. Literally, it's seven or eight iron and a wedge and a putter. And yeah, we gotta get you some. We gotta get you dialed in with some clubs. We'll get I you hooked know, up with some Callaways. See, my dad, it, my clubs are at my dad's house. He was moving and dropped stuff off. I completely forgot to ask for my clubs. So I've been <laughs> stranded with all my clubs, and I don't know why I don't go out and spend $100 at a used golf store and just buy a bag. I, that's yeah, all I'm I mean, super just... clear. Kevin, your, your dad dropped all of your belongings off in my oh, house. And I own all of your stuff Wait, now. do you have my golf clubs? <laughs> I might. I have no idea. It's half of my attic. 
I love that we're working these. I love that we're working these problems out together on on the yes. on the on the pod. Well, this we're was finding this was gear. We're getting between, Kevin Dial. This is nice. This was communicated between Kevin's dad and I. Kevin was not involved at all. No. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm 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 like the the little kid in the corner still. I'm still at the kids' table at Thanksgiving. So it, it's there. funny. It's funny too with golf. Like so. A couple of my, like I said, a couple of my buddies that, that play in the play in the cellar out here, they get competitive. Like we're buddies, we're friends. But when we're on the golf course, if it's a tight match, like you go, you start the round, and everybody's joking and they're chirping, and you're having fun, and you're having a couple of drinks, and then when and you get into the crux of the match and you make that turn if it's tight the joking gets a little quieter the the drinking backs off a little bit and like the ultra focus starts to come in like i don't like losing and i'm playing against professional athletes who are very good at golf and it's just like ah, oh, god like you gotta you gotta focus up you gotta dial in they're already giving me strokes like you can't lose if they're giving you strokes so. <laughs> yeah. like, going running golf with my dad i was just a competitive kid and i would i was the kid to like scream and have the guys at the other hole like look at you and then when i became older and started to like i'm not a huge golfer but i enjoy golf more now that i don't care as much if that makes sense. my um i wish i would have got into it my nephew um my nephew's 12 years old he's um my best friend uh since i was a kid um since we were about 15 years old is justin williams who played for the carolina hurricanes for a long time obviously he just retired uh, he's been my he's been my best bud since 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 we were since we were about 15 years old and his son he's got a 12 year old son Jax and Jax is absolutely lights out at everything like he's look out 2027 NHL draft he's probably a top five pick there and if he doesn't want to do that he's on the PGA tour I was in Carolina a couple of months ago and uh, Justin and I took took Jackson, his best friend Nolan out and we were golfing and I'm just watching Jackson. I'm just like, dude, you're so good. And he doesn't know it, which is the best part. And he's the sweetest kid and he's competitive, but he doesn't get frustrated. And I'm just, I'm out there golfing with him. And I mean, I've known this kid since he was just a little teeny little baby. Right. And so to be out there, like just walking a golf course with him, having a conversation, being uncle Nick, it's just, that's the thing I love the most about the game of golf and, and the game of hockey too. Like the hockey, it's such a brotherhood. And I mean, the fact that Justin and I were buds when we were 15 years old because of the game of hockey and, you know, here we are. God, I don't even know, 23 years later, and we're still as close as we were then. And, you know, I'm Uncle Nick to his to his two kids. It's it's pretty cool. And that's that's why I'm romantic about the game of hockey. And I, I think golf kind of follows that same sort of path, too. I feel like it's it's romantic until he turns like 18 and starts taking all your money. Yeah, oh, it's taking my money now. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> hey, Uncle Nick, a uh, hundred bucks on this hole. Yeah. <laughs> he says to me, he says to me before we tee off, I forget. Justin was Justin was doing something, and he came. Jax came home from school, and you know, he's he's Uncle Nick. He's like, can we can we go play nine holes? They live on a golf course. And I said, yeah, let's go. Like, I'll go, I'll go walk nine with you. And uh, we're walking to the chorus, and he's the greatest little kid. Like I, he's all over my Instagram, and and um, he's all over my Instagram feed. I, I put pictures up about him and follow him, obviously. And, um, but we're walking, we're walking to the golf course, and uh, it's like in his backyard or whatnot. And and he, he looks at me, and he goes, "So, Uncle Nick," and I go, "Yeah, what's up? What's up, kiddo?" He goes, "He goes, how many strokes do I have to give you?" And I'm like, <laughs> "You little <laughs> shit, you're chirping me too. I love it. Let's go." <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> oh, he's got like the butteriest of buttery swings. I'm like, dude, take my money now and let's just have fun. So I mean, it's fun. just imagine cool. having having that clean of a swing at that age. You just follow that the rest of your life. Like you're Yeah, a, no, he you're just picked it up this summer. Like he didn't want to necessarily he wasn't, he was all hockey and he wasn't like into golf. And then all of a sudden he he turned the corner. I mean, dad's unbelievable. Justin's lights. Justin's scratch golfer. Justin's good at everything he does, by the way. Like Justin's just that guy who's just the most talented guy in the room. And he's also the coolest guy in the room, no matter where you are. But, you know, he watches his dad and Jack's idolizes his pops. I mean, it's cool. It's cool to see. But he watches his dad. He watches his dad golf. And he's like, well, I want to do that just because I want to hang out with dad. And then I want to hang out with Uncle Nick. And so it was just... You know, you just, you just, it's just, uh, he doesn't even know how good he is yet. And he only has been golfing for like a summer and he's already just like, I'm like, dude, you got, you got, you got, you got the world by whatever you want to have him by here. <laughs> just good genes. But, but yeah. Pro golfers have the best lifestyle. Like the best. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. They get to rent houses each each place they go to. It's you don't have to. The travel is great because your your family can come with you. It's incredible. And the, besides the money, but in 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 four months, Dustin Johnson this summer in the last four months, from when he started to the Masters win, he made twenty one point eight million dollars in four months. The most beautiful golf courses on the planet. Like, come on. Playing, playing, dreams, just playing the courses, let alone winning the money. Unbelievable. That's insane. Unbelievable. I want 2020 yeah. wasn't so bad to him. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. He's like, you know, $21 million. Yeah. I, I'd like to make just a little bit of money in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. I, I, it'd just be nice to get a paycheck again. <laughs> I should have spent my furlough playing golf and then entering tournaments. That's, yeah, that's what yeah. I should have done. Yeah, instead of trust me, Call of Duty trust me. I was guys. I was playing I was playing for money with these guys this summer, and I'm like, trust me, boys, I gotta win. <laughs> I gotta keep the lights on, fellas. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, you're standing over a five foot putt to win two hundred bucks, and I'm shaking. <laughs> Am I gonna have? I'm kidding. It's not that bad. But hire me, somebody, please. <laughs> We uh, we will hire you. All right, yeah, deal. I mean, sick. Unpaid internship. But, Sign me. You know. Oh wait, unpaid? Ah, not well, gonna help me right it's, now. It's, it's experience. It's experience. Oh yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll write your. I've been I've been looking to build on that twenty-five year resume of mine. <laughs> In six to nine months, it may lead to a full-time position. Oh, cool. Uh, so, so 2021 is going to be just like 2020. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, let's be honest. If we don't play hockey this year, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a beach bar and like, I'm going to pick a place in the Kokomo song. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go there and I'm going to open a beach bar all, you know, cocktails and dream style, Tom Cruise-ish. And I'm just going to, I'm going to sling drinks and, I'm going to name the place Gizmos and I'll have somebody remake the Kokomo song, but instead of Kokomo, it'll be Gizmo. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I'm just going to be in cut off shorts, no shoes and a, you know, unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt. And I'm just going to serve my ties and rum runners and tequila sunrises and old fashions and transfusions. And I'm just, whatever, let's go. 
So why would you not just do that now? That's the best. Well, I'm, listen, I'm very much thinking both. about it. I'm currently looking for property. <laughs> <laughs> the next podcast we do, you'll hear island music and, you know, yeah, steel right? drum bands. going to jump Jimmy on Buffett. Zoom with the yeah. beach behind you. Yeah. yeah. Bar being built. Yeah. If I don't hear, sign. yeah. If I don't hear like a, a seagull. I'll be disappointed in you. Right. Well, I'll, I'll like pump that sound in just regardless <laughs> yeah, at this point. Just off your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it a destination place. Yeah. Oh God. But so this summer, were you doing some stuff with tennis? I did. Yeah. And that was unbelievable. I actually had an unbelievable time. It was, um, so this is the second, uh, second summer in a row that I've covered, um, world, world team tennis. Um, but this summer was awesome. We were in a bubble, um, and we were in the same location for 33 days. So we went to the Greenbrier there in West Virginia, America's resort. And it was unbelievable. We, uh, it was truly, it felt like a, it felt like a a 33 day vacation. Um, you know, I got there at the beginning of July and I left, uh, you know, August 3rd and I did 36 matches on television in 23 days on CBS and ESPN and the tennis channel. And, uh, it was truly, it was incredible. And and the green bar is unbelievable. There's, there's a million things that you can do there. Uh, they got three 18 hole golf courses, including one of the like top 50 private courses in all the world, the Sneed course. And so I would do one day, I would do three matches a day. So like, I mean, you're talking about 12 hours of television, which I'd never, ever done before. And then you'd have a day off and I'd go play 18 holes of golf and hang out by the pool. And then I would do 12 hours of TV the next day. And we did that for for 33 days with some of the best tennis players in the world there. And it was, it was a lot of fun for me as my, my second season doing world team tennis, the first in the bubble, but yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I, at that point it was July. I mean, I was just thriving and same, same kind of point I'm at right now. I just, I like being creative. I like entertaining. I like telling stories and, um, there's so many to tell in, in tennis. And that was such a unique situation because normally that league is, is like any other sports league. They travel to different cities and blah, 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 blah. But this was the first time they did it in a bubble. And it was awesome because you got to hang out with the players, uh, some of whom I were friends with uh, ahead of time. And it was, it was basically like a summer camp for grownups. It was, it was pretty cool. What do you think the biggest difference is when, when working with tennis versus hockey? Like, what are the biggest, like, mental adjustments you got to be like, okay, I have to think or or do this differently? Yeah, no, great question. It's for me, it's slowing it down. Hockey's so fast paced and there's a different way to sort of approach it. And the athletes are such a different mentality in the game of hockey than they are in tennis that you have to you have to really kind of focus on that. I mean, think about it. Hockey players are always we, 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 we because it's a team sport. Well, tennis is very individual for the most part. You know, even when they're playing doubles or mixed doubles, um, you know, tennis players are conditioned to be moderately independent. So, you know, the questions are normally a little bit different. And just the way that you cover it is is obviously different. You know, if I'm doing play by play for tennis, I'm not I'm not talking through every 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 strike of the ball you know whereas in hockey sometimes i I make you know i'm trying to keep up with the play so i'm talking about it a little bit more fluently so you just have to adjust a little bit the tone is different the language is different um the preparation is actually easier which is which is nice um you know i spend a lot of time prepping for a hockey broadcast because you got 
you know, 46 players at a minimum that you're talking about at one time, whereas in tennis, there's five, you know, maybe. Yeah. So it becomes a little bit easier to, to do the homework, but I love it. I love a challenge. Like when I was with NBC Sports Network, I, I covered... I covered uh, I covered every Olympic sport you could possibly think of and imagine. So I got really used to like doing homework and understanding the flow of that sport. I mean, I've announced badminton and downhill skiing and water polo and diving and figure skating. So, you know, a rugby, you know, I've just announced just about everything. So it, it comes down to just kind of getting comfortable and understanding how to how to how to how to cater to that particular audience. What's the first thing you broadcasted? Hockey. Like, hockey, okay. Okay. Yeah, I started I started as a hockey bar um, and I'm a play by play guy by trade. Um, you know, I'm I'm Oh yeah, I'm, you were doing that in college, right? Or high school? Yeah, well, I didn't go to college. Um, but I've been a I've been a hockey play by play guy since I was fifteen years old. So I started yeah, announcing I games okay, on yeah. the radio at fifteen at my high school radio station. Yeah. For a North American hockey league team, the Compure Ambassadors. And then that ramped up into um uh, doing games in the OHL on Fox Sports Radio when I was a junior in high school, and I did that for the for the Plymouth Whalers in the Ontario Hockey League uh, for four or five years, and then moved to Los Angeles, and that's when I got into uh, more heavy television with NBC Sports. But I love doing the reporting, and I love um, studio hosting and and whatnot. And obviously, you saw me, you know, fill in studio host a couple of times for Pat Boyle this year. Pat Foley is an absolute legend and a hockey hall of famer and getting to work with him and, and, and Edzo, who's been a dear friend of mine for 13 years was, I mean, in the 25 years that I've done this highlight of my career, um, you know, and I would, I would, if I could be those guys sidekick for, for another five, whatever, however many years I would, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I mean, do I eventually want to be a play by play guy in the NHL? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that time will come when the time is right. But for me, it's more about uh, people in place uh, than anything else. I, I love what I do right now. So being the, being the rinkside reporter on the broadcast with those two absolute legends, it's yeah. unreal. And I mean, and I know, I think we talked about this the last time, but Edzo is the reason I'm in Chicago. Like Eddie, yeah. Eddie is the, he gets the primary assist for where <laughs> I'm at. You know, uh, things didn't end well with Vegas for me or my two partners there. And Edzo was literally one of the first people to call me. I think John Forslund called me and then Eddie Olchek was right on the heels. And, you know, Edzo said, what do you need? What do we got to do? How do we figure this out? What can I do to help you out? He goes, let me make some phone calls and we'll see. Um, and I mean, if I was gonna make it a hockey term, Edzo picked up the puck at the blue line and dangled like three guys and then sauced like a ridiculous pass across the crease over like a defenseman's stick. And I was just standing at the crease and just barely yeah. had to like give it like a eh. <laughs> And that's and that's how much of the that's how much of the credit goes to Eddie Olchek for getting me to Chicago than me actually getting there. So yeah, Edzo is I don't know. There are there are a few people in my life, very few, probably count on one hand that if they called me up and said, Gizmo, I need a heart, um, I would cut mine out with a butter knife and hand it to them. And Eddie's at the top of that list. I feel like everyone feels that way about Eddie. Just like what a guy, right? He's uh, one of the most incredible human beings I've ever been around in my entire life, both professionally and personally. I... 
I've known him for 13 years, and I would say that outside of my immediate family, he is in a circle of three people who I'm indebted to and adore beyond words. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know as though I could put it into the right phrasing to explain what Eddie Olchek has meant to me and what he means to me and his family too. Um, you know, his, <clears throat> his three boys um, and his daughter and his wife and his two pups, they're just, they're all family to me. So oh, his brother, Ricky too. Like I love Ricky. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. He's, he's the, he's the group. He's one of the greatest human beings that will ever walk the face of this earth. And that's, that's the honest to God's truth. And, and, you know, and the other thing too was, is, is Foles, Pat Foley made me feel so comfortable being on that broadcast. Like I was in, I, I've done this for a long time, boys. I've never been nervous necessarily really to like meet anybody or work with anybody. Um, but I remember when I walked into the booth for the first time and Eddie walked me in and Foles was sitting at the desk and he's doing his notes and the United Center's in the background, you know, and I walk in and that's his booth. Like yeah. it's I mean, Pat Foley is a hockey hall of famer. He is the, one of the greatest voices this game has ever had and will ever have and i walked in and i'm like looking at pat foley sitting there taking his notes and i'm like man i don't want to interrupt him and eddie's like oh, i get hey, full you know pat this is gizmo and pat stands right up biggest smile unbelievable handshake he's like gizmo great to meet you i'm so glad you're here i loved your work in vegas and i i literally i'm like for the first time in probably my life i'm like uh thank you it's so cool to be here pat i'm really honored like it was unbelievable so i love it man i love it it's um is it it's the best past years dream come true for me but my, my favorite year ever as a broadcaster working with those guys that's amazing to hear i feel like we we touched on some of this last time we talked and it's just so cool to hear that from somebody that that has experienced that with those guys because you know hawks fans love them like adore them they love <laughs> them they 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 can't get enough of them and we all see how good of people they are, but we don't get to experience it. And like to hear that, it's just incredible. It's awesome. You, you, Chicago, you you have the best two broadcasters, storytellers in the game of hockey. That is one. That's the best one-two punch anywhere in the game. And there are some. I have some dear friends that are broadcasters in the league, and 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 I and I love them to death. And I think there are so many guys that I have so much respect for. But Pat's. Pat's way that he describes a hockey game and his voice is just so iconic and entertaining. And he's so knowledgeable about the game too. Like he's probably one of the most knowledgeable hockey play-by-play -play guys out there. Forslund's up there and so is Kenny Daniels. Um, but, but, uh, but, but Foles knows the game so well that his description of it is just effortless. And then there's Edzo who is easily the most respected broadcaster uh, in terms of analysts in the NHL, like that guy needs to be a GM somewhere or a president of a hockey operations somewhere because he's got such a great understanding of the league and the game and the way that it's played and the way also that it's evolved. And that's important because our game is evolving so, so much. The speed of the players, the skill of the players. It's not the same game as when Edzo played it. 
but the, the <laughs> core's there and the fundamentals are there. And he has taken that knowledge and he's just been able to understand how it's changed and how it's developed. And he's, he's brilliant. I mean, talking hockey with Eddie Olchek is, 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 I, I like to talk and I, I like to have a conversation, but when Edzo's talking about hockey, you just sit there and you listen because he knows more than anybody in the room. Yeah. I was going to say, listening to them, I mean, they make fans eating soft serve turn into entire, entire theater. <laughs> like, that was one of my favorite moments I mean? this year is when I, when I was doing, uh, do, do you remember, do you remember the game? I don't remember what month it was. You remember when Pat Boyle got sick at the last minute? Actually, oh fans will probably know this. It was, it was, um, oh God, what, what, what day was it? It was, oh, it was Adam. It was, it was, it was Burrish's, um, one last skate. I'm not, I'm not saying that right. It's, uh, what do they call it? Um, yeah, um last shift. I know what you're talking about. You, let, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. One more shift or whatever. One more, one more shift. Maybe. I probably should know that. I, that's my bad, but, um, <laughs> we'll I'm the new guy still. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, uh, I was down in the hallway and Lindsay, um, who's on the PR side comes up to me and she goes, Hey, quick question. She goes, uh, Pat Boyle's sick. Is there any way that you could host the Q and a with him in the atrium? And I was like, with, with Birch, I said, Oh yeah, sure. Like, I love Adam. And then NBC Chicago called and they're like, Hey, uh, we need you to, we need you to, to host the pregame, the postgame and the intermissions because, you know, PB sick. And uh, we know you did that in Vegas. I was like, yeah, you know, a hundred percent, I can, a hundred percent, I can do it. Um, and they said, yeah, I don't worry about the reporting stuff. I go, no, 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 I can, I can do that too. They're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's no problem. Like I'll do the hosting and then I'll just get to my position and I'll do the, I'll do the in-game reporting too. I go, it's, it's, it's no problem. And so that entire game, I was doing the reporting and I was doing the pregame, postgame intermission. And then I was also, I did the pre, you know, the pre pregame atrium interview that was live to the crowd. And during that game, uh, I was just like in the zone. Like I was just running on Red Bull and like adrenaline and just back in my zone. Like I'm doing a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm, I'm hitting marks. Like I was, I was good in the pregame show. I was good on my first hit with Pat and Eddie. I'm like, let's go. Like I was in the, I was in the mix. And uh, it was the third period and I just wrapped the intermission. And my producer's getting my ear, Mitch Kersner, who's unbelievable as well. And Kurz gets in my ear and he's like, hey, you don't have a hit for like 10 minutes or till the 10 minute mark, 10 minute mark of period three. And I go, oh, okay. I go, I got some time. I go, you know what? I'm going to go take Pat Nettie soft serve. And so I literally got off the set. I got off the set in the concourse and I walked across and I said, hey, I need two, I need two big old soft serve um, twists. Yeah. And I got in the elevator <laughs> and I took the elevator up to the press box and I, I went into the press box and the boys were in commercial break. I waited till they were in commercial and I walked in with two soft serves for the both of them. <laughs> and, I, and I put it in front of them and they lost their minds. Like, I think, I think if you ask Edzo, that might be one of his proudest moments of me because he's like, you're reporting, you're doing the host of the pregame, postgame intermissions. I know you did the atrium interview. You had to do the pregame show with no prep, basically. So you were just running by the seat of your pants and just off of your information. And then somehow you find a way to bring a soft serve at the start of the third period. It was, it was a really cool moment. It'll be the it'll be one of the highlights of my career for 
for for a long, long time. That that's the Gordy Howe broadcast hat trick. You, you know yeah. what? That is the yeah. That's that's pretty much that's pretty darn. And and they won that game too. So I had to go do the bench interview too. So just running levels. Yeah, just, that's yeah. up there. That's my. Well, that's one of my favorite moments. The other favorite moment was the Patrick Kane thousand game or thousand point interview. Um, that was massive and probably as nervous as I've ever been on TV. And then. Um, when Jonathan Taves uh, started calling me Gizmo instead of Nick, that was the other big nice. moment for me this year. He had called me Nick the entire time, and it was Nick, 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 and we did a charity event together, and it was still Nick. And then uh, I was doing an intermission interview with him in the first, and he comes out of the locker room, and he had, had a really good first period. He hit the post and scored a goal. Hawks were up by two, and I'm standing out there, and he comes up, and he's like, hey, what's going on, Gizmo? And I was like, <laughs> And uh, he, I go. He goes. Is that cool? Is it? Is it? Is it okay if I? Is it okay if I call you Gizmo? And I go. Uh, 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 Sorry, it's Nick. Yeah, no. Gizmo's, <laughs> yeah. Gizmo's Gizmo's great. He goes like on TV and and and, and stuff. I go. Uh, Gizmo would be would be awesome. He goes. Okay, good, good, cool. And so we start the interview, and I I'm asking the questions. He's saying Gizmo the whole time, right? And I'm just kind of like, I'm like, where the am I right now? Like, is this really happening? I'm like, this guy's a rock star. And I'm like, finally, like he's finally, I'm in the mix. Right. And, um, finishes the interview or I, I, I thanked him. He goes, ah, thanks a ton gizmo. And he walks away and as he's walking away, you don't test, you don't technically see it on camera, but I got the hockey player, you know, smack on the backside and he, he walks into the locker room and, uh, the, the, they always have a PR person that's like with them outside. And, by the way, the PR staff of the Hawks, like Adam Roglin and John Steinmiller and 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 Will Chuckerman and Mike Curran, those 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 four guys, like I love those four guys. They're unbelievable. And uh, I think Will, I think it was Will. Will Chuckerman was standing just off camera and he heard the gizmo and he knows like it was a big deal too, right? And he just Will just kind of looks at me and he gives me this thumbs up and this wide eyes and he's kind of shaking right. his head yes and I was just like all right let's go right. anything that happens from here on out it's all good so it's been fun I I could talk about moments from this season all night like I it's it's one of the most uh, it's one of the most rewarding experiences that I've had in in the game of hockey and in broadcast and being a part of that organization and I hope I'm there for a long time. <laughs> us too and like you were saying before we started recording like the cd liked you straight off the bat or at least really soon on and i mean i'm not gonna lie chicago we kind of don't like change a whole lot so i noticed that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, a big change like that it and fans to gravitate or accept you right away that's that's huge it, it really is no i appreciate it kev i i i i I, I felt it. It was it was probably the biggest responsibility that I felt coming into that year. I mean, everything happened so fast. I found out on I think the end of very end of August, August twenty something, that none of us were being brought back to Vegas, and we had had two unbelievable years. We were one of the highest rated um, you know broadcasts in the league. I just come off of a double Emmy nomination, and I thought you know I was going to spend a long long time in in. Uh, in Vegas, my you know my partner was Brad May, and we he's you know to this day one of my best friends, and we had an unbelievable time on the air together. And then they dropped the bomb on us, and you know the season preseason starts September fifteenth. It's August twentieth. I'm like that's it. Like I'm not getting a gig this year. And then like I told you earlier, Eddie saved the day, 
got me into Chicago. Um, and I, I think I flew to Chicago. I think I got the job in Chicago on September 5th. I think I got to Chicago on September 15th. Literally went from the airport in a yeah. suit after flying from Denver to the United Center. Will Chuckerman from, from, the, from the PR media communications team met me at gate 13 there, walked me in for morning skate met my producer for like the first time met my my big boss uh, at nbc greg bowman for the first time met adam rogowin and john steinmiller and mike and lindsey and um mr mcdonough and jay and Stan like it was like i mean it was yeah. it was the most whirlwind it was the most whirlwind probably 15 hours that I've ever experienced in my life. But I walked out of the United Center at 1130 that night. And I was like, wow, I'm home. Like, I couldn't feel more like family here. I mean, they were, they treated me like I'd been there for years. And I mean, and, and I hope that my work this year showed that in return, because I wanted them to know how much it meant to me to be there as much as they showed me that um, it meant to them to have me there. So for me, it was this whole season was just about making sure I took care of the city and I took care of the of the people and the organization because the organization took care of me. You know, Rocky and Danny treated me like I was family, you know, had me at the Christmas party and 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 were just unbelievable to me. So, you know, but I told them all, I said, my biggest fear is 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 making sure that I prove to the city of Chicago that I love it in this city and I love this team and and that I'm, I'm going to bleed black and red at this point. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I was with Vegas for two years, but those allegiances go away when you when you move to a new team, just like guys get traded. It, you know, I had, I, had a, I had fun in Vegas, but all that stuff got neatly packed away into a box and I bought everything I could uh, with uh, with the Hawks logo on it when I got to Chicago. <laughs> That's I feel like it took like two weeks and all the Hawks fans were like, yeah, we're in Gizmo. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I was so dude, Kai, I was so scared. Like it was my biggest nerve. And it was it, it did. It took about two weeks and I was walking through the concourse and some some lady and her husband and her kid came up to me. And I I, I should have asked them for their name, but I was just so blown away by it. And this lady comes up to me and she gives me this massive hug and she's like, Gizmo. And I the way she said it, I felt like I knew her. Like I'm like, do I do I know you? And she gives me this massive hug. She's like, would you please take a picture with my son? He just adores you. And I was like, uh, um, yeah. So I got down on one knee in my suit and I took a picture with the little guy. He was probably like nine or 10. And he had me sign his Hawks jersey. And I'm like, am I really signing a Chicago Blackhawks jersey right now? I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like original six, legendary franchise. I'm at the United Center. I'm on the air with Pat and Eddie and I'm signing a Blackhawks jersey. And the, 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 the husband father, uh, he told me, he's like, he's like, you're just, you're great. You're a breath of fresh air. We love it. We love having you, blah, 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 blah. And then from there, it was just kind of like, it was kind of a waterfall. I think people, people would stop me in the concourse and they'd come up and they'd want to say hi. And, and it really meant a lot to me that I had gotten that acceptance, you know, and you're not ever going to make everybody happy. I'm, I'm, I know there are people out there that are like, ah, oh, whatever, screw you gizmo. But, um, 
you know, that's okay. Like, that's okay. Like, as long as I'm making some people smile and, and some people happy, and there, there's people that are like, yeah, let's go. We love Gizmo. Well, that's, that's good enough for me. They hate Gizmo, us because like, they hate what... us. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was that? About that? They, they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, man. I've had haters my entire life. Yeah. You can you can hate me all you want to. I'm still smiling. <laughs> it doesn't affect me. One of my one of my rules. I got like, I've got a list of rules that I I kind of sort of live by, and I'm sort of public with some of them. But you, you know, one of them, them like today, right? I did tweet one of them today, actually. Yeah. I did. I did. I'll throw them out every now and then, and you can read between on them. But there's a few now and then. But one of, one of my favorites is is ignore the hate. I don't. I will never respond. I will never respond to people just blindly throwing hate because they they don't like you for one reason or another. This world is shitty enough right now. Like you got to start looking out for for everybody, and that's hockey too. That's that's look out for the guy to the left, the right, the front, and the back of you. Like I will, I will always take care of my family and my friends. And if you're cool to me, I'm going to be cool to you back. Yeah, I think you just came into Chicago so much. Like this is who I am. So authentic, so positive, and and like that guy said, such a breath of fresh air that people just jumped all in on it. You know, it, it wasn't like like watching a a person that you didn't know interviewing these players and stuff it, it, everyone feels like they know you without even knowing you and there's like that that sense that everyone gets so quickly that i think is why the city latched on and so quickly I, and i think people could tell you're a hockey guy right away like you yeah. knew terms that some broadcasters wouldn't say live on there and i think you were just i was you being you so it came well that means a lot to me that is actually the biggest compliment that i could that i could get um you know, for me, it is it's 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 paying homage to the game of hockey, a game that I owe everything to that I played my whole life um, that I've coached, that I've broadcasted. I mean, I love hockey. I'm a hockey nerd. Um, I loved it. I loved playing. I miss playing. I still get out and knock it around a little bit, but I love sound skates. I love that smell of the ice. I love that sound of being the first guy out there in an empty arena on a fresh sheet. Um, there's still something about the Zamboni exhaust that I love and the, yeah, you know, the sound right. that it makes. I mean, there's just, it's, it's, it's a game that I adore. And, and for me, I'm always going to be me. I mean, I think the way that I'm talking to you boys right now is the same way that I feel I broadcast. I'm, I'm very just conversational and, I think when I think about all the things that I've done in my career, I and just life, I like I like being a part of a conversation. I don't want to get talked to or at. Excuse me, I don't want to get talked at. I want to I want to be talked to. I want to be in the conversation. I, you know, I want to I want to have that kind of thing go on. And I think broadcasters that talk at people, um, you just lose a little bit there. So for me, it's 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 always about having a conversation. And you know, I was sitting in a bar once. I was at um, the ambassador, the ambassador house in Greektown in Chicago. There, I was right around the corner from my place, and I was sitting at the bar there. And the owner is this great guy, like what a human being, like the biggest smile and this, this heavy Greek accent. He's like Gizmo. He's like, you come in, you sit. I make food. He's good. And I'm doing that terribly. That accent's not doing him justice. But Kyle's um, very Greek. Can you give a better accent? Kyle? <laughs> sitting there, I cannot and he's... give a better accent. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there, and he's like, uh, you know, he, he 
he just I'm, I'm drinking i'm a whiskey guy i'm drinking whiskey and he goes uh the guy comes in and he, he was sitting at the other side of the bar and he scooches over next to me and he goes hey man he goes i just had to say hi he goes I, I gotta tell you something he goes when i watch you broadcast a hockey game he goes i i honestly i feel like this i feel like i'm sitting next to you and we're having a beer and we're watching the tv and you're just you're just talking to me and i was like dude you have no idea how much that means to me because that's exactly what i'm going for like if you feel like i'm sitting there and i'm at a hockey game and i'm talking to you and we're just having a conversation great i'm doing my job and that's all i could ask for mission accomplished yeah. mission accomplished the show must go on <laughs> i think i always watch like old videos like cbc and like those old broadcasters and they always say like yeah like when there's old box tv in like the 40s and it's like black and white they're like yeah it felt like he's part of the family like hearing him talk about yeah. hockey in the game so well and that's hey, what people will do like in vegas that was one of the big things like people come up to me and they hug you and they'd be so happy they were so happy they had a hockey team there but people would come up to me and they'd be like, I just have to say hi to you because I feel like I know you. Like you're in my living room three or four times a week and I just, I had to come up and say hello. And I'm like, hi, how are you? I go, what's your name? And I'll sit there and I'll talk. I'll talk for hours. Like I I don't, I, I owe the game of hockey everything. My friends, my family, my obviously my career. So, you know, if you want to hang out and talk hockey with me, or if you're a hockey fa fan or, or a player, great. Like, let's, you know, unless I have to actually go work, like, I'll sit there and talk to you for 10, 15 minutes. Like, that was the other thing. People would be like, I'll let you go. I know you got to go. I'm like, no, I got time. Like, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't care. Let's talk. <laughs> That's nuts. You just got to go get some soft serve at some point. Basically. Yeah, I know. Right. That's at some point, I got to make sure the boys are soft served up. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely going to be my thing. I'm going to try to get a soft serve sponsorship for next year. <laughs> it's priority number one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But other than broadcasting, do you have any positive? I know you've been very positive as of late or just trying to shift the mentality, of, not just in life, but in hockey. What are your thoughts on the Hawks now? Like, in a in positive light, like what can we look forward to as fans? Listen, Chicago is so you're so knowledgeable, you're so passionate, you've got so much of a you're just your fan base. You guys are so in the know, and you demand excellence, and you've had it for such a long time that in a in a couple of years where it's lean, I get it, you get nervous, you get antsy. But in the current NHL, there just is no, I mean, the fact that the Hawks were able to sustain their success for as long as they sustained it is, is unbelievable for me. And, and I, I think that this group, this organization as it stands right now is poised to be very, very good moving forward. They've made some very smart decisions there's a lot of these young guys that are showing promise. Kirby Doc knows the pressure that's on him and wants to perform, and he will because he's already showing that he's stepping up. I mean, just what he's done from the end of March until now is brilliant. Um, I think he's going to be just a breath of fresh air. Boquist looks good. Nylander's reengaged. Um, you know, obviously, there, there's going to need to be some quick and fast development in between the pipes. Um but your core is still there. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and Seabrook and Duncan Keith are four guys who, when they talk, you listen. Who, even me as a broadcaster, if Jonathan Taves was like, hey, we're going to go march through hell right now and I, I need you to come with me, I'd be like, okay, let's go. 
Like it's going to be fiery. I'll put some suntan lotion on, but if you're going, I'm following you. So I think that the, the, the core of the organization is where it's supposed to be. I think that I have a, I have a lot of, um, I actually have a lot of respect for Jeremy Carlton. I, I, I know a lot of people who have played hockey with him, um, guys that I coached that played hockey with him at the professional level and um, guys that played with him, for him, have been around him. Um, and Jeremy and I had some unreal talks this year too. Um, so I have a lot of confidence in where Jeremy's going. I, I know he took a lot of a lot of gruff from the fans this year and and I, I get it. I mean you had you had you had, you had Q and he's I mean for God's yeah. sakes the man's a legend yeah. um, and, and an unbelievable coach but trust in the process here trust in what's happening. That's a good hockey team, and they're gonna be good. and And I and I think the future is very, very bright for the Chicago Blackhawks. It's it's an incredible organization, and I I wouldn't I know I wouldn't be pushing the panic button. I think um, I think that the future is very bright for the Chicago Blackhawks, and you just gotta just take a breath. I know it's tough. I know I know you don't want to, but take a breath and let the process play itself out, and let these guys get their feet underneath them. And as soon as they do, it's it's gonna be a it's going to be impressive. Chicago, I know it's a hockey market, but there was a lot of fans who, like, the only coach they know is Q. So, sure. And oh, yeah. like we were talking earlier, Chicago doesn't take change very easily, and, like, that's all they know. That's literally all they know. And like, I actually enjoyed listening to Jeremy talk on the recent interviews he did around Chicago. It was nice to just hear him talk more and hear his thoughts, like, coherent thoughts on – just many different questions and wanting to hear on any take that anyone will throw at him. It is well, just I, interesting hearing his philosophy on coaching or what they're doing. I know what he's going through. I mean, I felt the same damn thing. I felt this unbelievable pressure because I wanted to do a good job, but I also wanted to make sure that the fan base knew that I respected what the process was. And for him, the spotlight, if, 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 if my spotlight was bright, and it wasn't really that bright. His was glaring. It's like staring into the sun. The light and the pressure that that's put on that's put on him. So, you know, I think with with what he's done, with the time that he's had, and and the pressure and, and the light and the and the, the the you know everything that's been put on him, the way that he's handled it, I think it, it I think it reveals a lot more about his character than people are giving him credit for. Um, you know, the man is passionate and he's intelligent and he's a smart hockey mind and i i i think very highly of jeremy and and that might not make that might that might that might get me chastised a little bit in the in the in, you know with the fans but that's okay you know um i'm confident enough in in my hockey knowledge and 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 who i've who i know and who listens to me in the world of hockey to to be able to say that and um everybody's just got to give him a chance and give the boys a chance because Nobody wants to lose. If you're at the le- if you're, you, here's the thing. If you're at this level, if you're if you're in the NHL on any level, you do not want to lose. You don't want Stanley to lose. Cup, that or that's it. Stanley it's Cup. Stanley Cup or bust. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, you don't. There's no. Yeah. You don't no get to the NHL without being ultra unbelievable and ultra competitive. I'm sorry. You just don't. You just don't. My two best friends play in the NHL, and they're the two two of the most talented people I've ever seen in my entire life, Justin Williams and Andre Kopitar. 
And, and I watch these guys and how much they care and how much they absolutely despise losing. I mean, they despise losing. And that is true for any guy that throws a, a, an NHL logo on their body. Coach, general manager, broadcaster, player, trainer. I promise you that everybody is all in pulling for the same thing. And it's to hoist that cup at the end of the season. And, you know, you watch the emotions and you watch the the sacrifice and the injury and the love and the passion, everything that goes into being a hockey player. And it's, it's unbelievable. And I can, I can surely tell you that everybody in the Hawks organization that I've ever encountered is all pulling and pushing in the same direction. I think like the, the position he was put in was impossible and what he's done with it is actually almost impossible like what he's done is incredible like he's it's easy for it's easy for fans to just jump on and be like you know this is his fault you know the timing all that stuff but but the expectations that this franchise that the franchise's fans started to have were unrealistic and and i think we fell in that bucket for a little bit kevin we were like wait a second this is over we're not going to win a cup this year and that's not a that can't be an expectation we can all aim for it but we cannot expect it you know Hey, I'm the only guy in the media this year that said the Chicago Blackhawks were going to make the playoffs, and I don't care what yeah. you say, I was right. I like, saw people shit on you on Twitter, like, this doesn't count, but you're like, no, it does count because there's no. the playoffs. <laughs> like, yeah, guess what, right. bros? It absolutely counts. Like, you can take your little whiny bullshit and you can check it because I called it at the start of the year, and I was right. And I was right. I was right crazy. when they made the play-in round, and then I was definitely right when they beat Edmonton. So, yeah. go ahead. You know, right? uh, say what you say what you want to say, but like, out of everybody, I was the only guy in the media that was like, "They're gonna make the playoffs. You just wait and see." And they did. So, <laughs> Mike dropped that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And they might have lost in the first round, but they showed up, man. They played. doesn't matter. Made the playoffs. I, I didn't say they were gonna win the cup this year. I said they were gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> And I don't know about me or, or I know about me, but I don't know about you guys, but I think playoff experience matters. hundred really percent. That matters. That matters. matters. That, that, it's that pressure of an elimination series matters. And they, they basically got, got, got two of those. And it matters. The next, next group move, moving through the lineup and they're finally getting this, the reps that they need. hundred percent. Of fans that, was crowd, that was, think about how valuable that was for a guy like Kirby doc. Like, oh, they don't, incredible what he gained in just experience in in that little bit of time incredible i don't need the fans for that pressure like i hate to tell you this i mean yes the hockey players hear the fans they recognize the fans they know the fans but the fans are not i I know what you're saying i've been in at 11 p.m sunday night men's league games that are intense as hell exactly and if they think about it, if this regular Joe's can make an intense, I'm sure NHL at the, game. at the end of the day, these guys are used to not having anybody. When these guys started 90% of their hockey career was playing in empty, empty arenas in, in, in Canada or the United States and partially filled arenas when they were in juniors, um, maybe 5,000, maybe 10,000 people, certainly not 22,000 people in front of their mom and their dad, they know how to get the job done without that extra in there. You add that extra in, it actually helps them. 
I think it's harder to do when you, when you got to go back and, and manufacture a little bit of ebb and flow. Like so much of hockey, like I could watch a hockey game with my eyes closed in a home arena and know exactly what's going on in the game. Like I could stand in, in the United Center and I could stand in the concourse, I could close my eyes and I could, I could tell you exactly what's going on in the game just by the rise and fall of the crowd. The, and the, oh, and the, oh. I tell you exactly what's happening. And I can tell you exactly what zone's happening in. So certainly it helps. It's a power play. Yeah, it's power play. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I I think that's so interesting you said that too, because there was all that nonsense talk of like, you know, are they going to be able to have the intensity without the fans? What are playoffs going to be like? Are players going to feel motivated? What are they going to do to feel motivated? It's like, they're going to play to win a cup. What do you mean? What are they going to do to feel motivated? It's the entire reason they do what they do. It's a joke to say otherwise. Yeah. No, no, no. We don't do it for the cup. We do it for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the cup ever. Like Certainly the fans is a big reason, but I'll tell you something course. right now. The, the 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 fun and love and excitement that comes after you win that puppy is I didn't even I've obviously I've never experienced as a player. I never came close. I never played in the NHL. I didn't play oh, still the done. HL. But yeah. but I've partied with that thing. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I only remember about half of it. <laughs> yeah. But you celebrated it right. I think me and Kyle touched it and kissed it, but we never like partied with it. That's next step on the goal list. You know what's funny? I never touched it until uh, I, 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 and and listen, the rule is you don't touch it unless you think you can win it. I mean, I I gave up winning it a long, long time ago, but for whatever reason, I never felt like I earned it. Like I never touched it. I had a, had a chance to be around it a couple of times um, and I never, ever, ever, ever touched it. And in 2000, uh, in, uh, oh God, when did the Make Kings, the Kings year. won it in 12? 12, no, uh, 12, yeah, yeah. yeah. 12. Boston, 2011. Yeah. Tw- 12. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Hawks and 10 Hawks and 10 Bruins, 11 Kings, 12 Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. Kings, and then Hawks, Hawks. It's okay. So 12. So Justin Williams and Kopitar are playing for the LA Kings. I'm living in Los Angeles, right? So my two best friends are on the same team in the city that I live in. And in 2012, they won that thing. And it was still, we were at the after party. We were at, up at, uh, we were up at the lounge, lounge inside, inside Staples Center. And, uh, uh, you know, Cope's got the, Cope and Justin have the cup on their um on their on their ta- on their table and cope's taking pictures and Ju- willie's taking pictures with it and and cope's like take a and i'm like no 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 like no like that's he's like take this thing in your hands and take a picture with it and i'm like i can't i go i didn't earn it i didn't win it and he goes and he, he i remember cope and willie both just gave me this look and they're like put this thing in your hands we're going to be partying all summer like you're not doing this like let's go there's a picture i'll have to try to find it but it's somebody got the picture of him like putting it in my hands in the first time and i look i i don't even know how i could describe the look on my face like i'd been around this thing forever it obviously was my goal to to try to make it to the nhl to play to try to win it i'd won that thing about a bazillion times playing roller hockey in detroit growing up in the street you know, street hockey in front of my house. And to have like those two guys handed to me 
you know, I, I, I didn't play for it, but I was emotional. You know, I watched, I watched my two best friends just achieve their dreams, one of whom I've known since I was, you know, 15 years old. You know, we played for that thing in the street in front of my house. And I just, like, the emotions are just, it's... Isn't that the NHL commercial, the speechless commercial, when every every captain just like doesn't have words? They're just didn't, like, yeah, I mean, didn't know yeah. what didn't know what to say when I touched that thing for the first time, and I, I legitimately, 2012 was the first time I'd ever touched the Stanley Cup. I didn't even win the damn thing. I had nothing to do with it, not a thing to do with it, other than smidge of moral support to Cope and Willie. But it was it was. Yeah, it's like, it's heavy. It's heavy. So that thing means the world to those guys. I can't imagine breaking bones and bleeding and, 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 and you know, uh, I, I can't imagine. Two months I can't of, imagine. Yeah. Two months going and to, to think, war. For, and to think people questioned if they would be motivated to play in the playoffs without fans. Yeah, they're motivated. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, my God. Just ridiculous. Gizmo, do you remember the rapid fire questions we gave you last time? Ooh, I don't remember them, but I remember we. I, I don't remember the exact questions, but I remember we did them. So do them again if if you got them or, or new ones they're, or whatever. They're new questions, we new but ones. we yeah we have some ready mm -hmm. that we'd like to get like your in. All right, I like rapid fire. Up. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't know if these are better. I don't remember the ones last time either, but I remember one of them. One of them last time was would a dog wear his pants from like the middle of his <laughs> back oh. backwards or from the middle of his legs yeah. down? I don't remember what you said, but I I would I there's. No question in my mind, it's middle back. I agree. Screw the people that say the opposite. Don't listen. That's to where me. the sensitive areas are. <laughs> yeah. Which is the point of pants. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like wearing a t-shirt and no boxers, which I do all the time, which I'm doing right now, actually. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Are crop tops that. top pants? Like crop tops? You know what I'm talking wow, about? Wow, that's a deep question. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know that, what, that makes your head your... Private area? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are, okay, I got it right. The, uh, <laughs> the 2020 right, okay, term gonna... is sensitive area. Yes. Oh, yes, it's 20. You have to be careful. Um, okay, I'm going to go first, All then right. he's going to go, but this is, don't overthink it, okay? I won't overthink it. I'll give you I'll give you straight answers. Okay. A better Seattle NHL team name than what they came up with. Uh, Seals. Go-to drink. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, that's loaded. I gotta ask a question. I know you said don't overthink it. I mean, overall, go-to drink. Uh, it's a uh, it's a um, basil Hayden rye, old-fashioned, um, with uh, using basil Hayden rye, uh, proof syrup, and uh, um, uh, cherries. Uh, but if I'm golfing, it's a transfusion, which is vodka, ginger beer, and grape juice. It's a hell of an answer. Um, best <laughs> show on Netflix right now. <laughs> Oh, oh God! What did I just watch? Shoot! Describe it. Why did I just go blank? I mean, uh, like first thing that comes to my mind. First thing that comes to my mind is um, Stranger Things, but that's not. Um, you know what I love? I love. I love. I love Daybreak. Uh, my buddy, a good friend of mine, Colin Ford, uh, was uh, the lead actor in it. Uh, a big Daybreak fan on Netflix, but. I just watched. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta divert you for just a second. I just watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV, and it is my favorite show of quite some time. Like, if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, 
watch Ted Lasso. I was just, I mean, oh, if we needed anything in 2020, it was Ted Lasso. You should watch that series. I don't even know it's what that is. I will this. watch it though. Watch, please, please watch Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV, but watch Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis, unbelievable. He goes, he's a, a football coach and he goes to England oh. to coach soccer. It's like based off the YouTube series thing that he did, he, right? Yeah, ah. like that small, like minute commercial. Yeah. Like, wait, it is the here? most like, feel here. good. <laughs> it is, it's, it's effing brilliant. It's, watch it. Watch Ted Lasso and be happy. To do list. That's on. I'm in. Kevin. Fire. Oh, oh. Best part about Michigan. Uh, best part about Michigan is family. Worst, worst part about Michigan. Very, very, very cold. <laughs> best bar in Chicago. Ooh. Where they're not yelling at you. I like the Whirl Away Lounge. I've heard of that. I have no I love idea. It. It it's is. a big Chicago Blackhawks bar. It's a ton of fun. I went in there and watched a road game once, and I drank shots out of a shot ski and had got snuck in. Somebody snuck in too many Malort shots on me because I was the new guy, and it was terrible but amazing at the same time. So the Whirl Away Lounge was just an absolute rip of a blast of a time, and I would go there and watch every Hawks game if I wasn't working them. <laughs> nice. All right, one more. Um <laughs> Most average part of Michigan. <laughs> average part of Michigan. You gave us the oh. best. You gave us the worst. What's the most average part? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Uh, the average part of Michigan would be... I don't know this answer. <laughs> what would be the most average part of Michigan? I love Michigan so much. I love Muskegon. I love Detroit. I love Plymouth, I would, where I grew up. I would, I would say, say the most average. I would say the Detroit Lions not winning the division. Oh, wait. It, it can be a thing and not a place? Oh, yeah, yeah. It can be a thing. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, yeah. Detroit is – the Lions have, have been disappointing me since I was born. So, yes, the Detroit Lions are the most average thing about the state of Michigan. They're awful. It's embarrassing. It's terrible. <laughs> At least the Tigers keep me somewhat engaged. But, yeah, no, it's just, True. It's bad. Orlando got the good news is the Lions are going to be average for – Decades. So I'll never see them the win the Super Bowl in my lifetime, and I'm in my 30s. They're just, they're just do what you expect. <laughs> Might be the next coach and GM of the Lions, depending on how this thing plays out. If if, yeah. if we don't get back to playing hockey soon, I just I'll just I'll just coach that team. I don't, I'll Ted Lasso it. I don't know a thing. I don't know a thing about the. Uh, I wouldn't be able to coach the NFL football if somebody put a gun to my head. But I mean, at this point, why not? There's two lines of scrimmage, or there's one line of scrimmage, but yeah. <laughs> offense, <laughs> defense. Sometimes you kick the ball, hit the guy as hard as you can. You know, like, I don't know, whatever. To tell Lasso, there guy. might be <laughs> might be two lines of scrimmage to Ted Lasso yeah. in England. <laughs> That's it's such a great show. Like Kyle, you got to watch Ted Lasso. I I will watch it. I've seen. I know what you're talking about. I've seen the trailer, and I'm, I love Sudeikis. He's great. It's so good. And that whole cast, the whole cast is great. That's my goal, actually. Like, I would love to. I wanted to. Oh, dude, I. A better answer. <laughs> oh, you can always go back and revise yeah. your answers. Ask me that next Netflix question again. Uh, 
best show on Netflix right now? Oh, good. That's a great question, Kyle. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, Cobra Kai. Ah, yes. I started that. Yes. It's good. Cobra Kai is so good. It's so good. Oh, man. It's so good. Watch Cobra Kai. And the new season comes out on January 8th. So my, my two favorites through this whole quarantine – I, I hadn't ever watched Friday Night Lights, so I binged the hell out of that so at the good. very beginning of this thing. So like, good. Unbelievable. Texas. Kevin hasn't Te- watched it yet, Kevin. No, I, it sucks. I know. I didn't get to it. It's only been out for. We were we were like talking about Tim years. Riggins at one point because he's like a hockey guy in real life, and Kevin didn't know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I haven't seen the show. It's like, Dude. Tim Riggins is the man. The man. The man. Like, I, I'd par- I would, I would party with player. Tim Riggins. Texas <laughs> yeah. forever. Texas forever. Uh, great show. Loved loved Friday Night Lights, but seriously, Cobra Kai and uh, Cobra Kai and Ted Lasso have me just you know googly eyed. And my buddy, my buddy uh, Colin Ford in um, my buddy Colin Ford in uh, in Daybreak was was really good. I'm bummed it only got one season. Colin's a rock star, and he's a he's a relatively new hockey fan, but. Um, I love Colin and I loved I loved Daybreak. So that was that was really cool. Um but yeah, Netflix favorite series right now, Cobra Kai. I'm looking up Daybreak. I Cobra Kai season I like season one more than season two, but I binged that entire both seasons in two days, and I'm looking forward to season three a lot. Yeah. Like, Cobra Kai is gonna be good. Check out Daybreak, it's cool, it's fun. Colin's awesome in it. He's 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 a good actor too. So I'm just looking that up now. There you go. All right, we got a we got another good game idea for you, but I don't know how much you're gonna want to answer this. Fire away! I got time. Fire away! All right, I'm, um, I'm out of play, I'm out of my old fashioned, but fire away. You ever play um, the game uh, Mary F Kill? Oh boy, this is loaded, okay. but sure. This is so loaded. Okay, we got a hockey version for you. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good, but it's not that. It's a little different. So you can don't. Well, you're gonna hate me, but it's called sign trade buyout. Oh shit! All right. So I'm gonna fire three names at you. Can they not be Blackhawks? They're not oh, gonna be Blackhawks, but I think. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God! I didn't even think that through, but that would have been so rough. <laughs> All right, I'd all like right, to right, remain. Right, right. I would like to remain a <laughs> yeah. broadcaster for the Chicago Blackhawks, if at all possible, please. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna make it even better though. All right, so you got to pick one to sign, one to buy out, and one to trade. All right, we got um Sidney Crosby. Okay. Justin Williams. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> and Anze Kopitar. <laughs> So instead of <laughs> instead of losing or risking your job, I want you to lose some friends here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Um sign trade buyout. Correct. Yes, sir. I oh like this. God. We've got him on his heels, Kevin. At the current ages, current stage of their games. Oh, that's a good oh. follow up question. Prime. No, prime time. Yeah. Prime. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're all twenty. They're all twenty-four, twenty-five. <laughs> um, I'm trading Crosby because I'll get a ton for him. Okay. Um, some strategy. I like it. That's smart. That's. Um. Now's the fun part, though. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, should have warned me. I would have got more more whiskey. Um. <laughs> 
I'm signing Kopi and I'm buying out Williams. And uh, the only reason I'm buying out Williams is because his contract will be less in his prime than Kopi, and we wouldn't be able to afford that. And Kopi would be a little bit younger. So that would be my strategy there. That's like a really good hockey answer. I like it. Holy <laughs> shit. Sign me up as a GM. Maybe maybe Edzo and I will just go be GMs instead of uh, – instead of like, – um, Imagine instead you walk of into the owner's office to interview for a GM job, and they shoot that at you. Now you're prepared. <laughs> yeah, no, I would have that answer. Yeah, I would trade Crosby because I'm going to get a ton for him. I'd buy out uh, Willie because his contract's going to be less than Kopi, and Kopi's – uh, younger with a, an $11 million a year contract. So I, I, I just signed him. That's a hell of an answer. You didn't offend anyone there. Yeah. Damn it. Gizmo. You're I so hope good. not. <laughs> <laughs> if I lose my two best friends over this, we're fighting. <laughs> Deal. Yeah. You can't, that's impossible. You traded Crosby for them. Well, for one. I did trade Crosby. Yeah. Get out of here. Take a hike. 87. <laughs> we don't care what he thinks. Yeah, get a take a take a hike. Hell of a player, though. Obviously, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we couldn't agree more. I played. Um, I played. I was on the ice with Kobe once. We actually played hockey with each other. Look at that! Uh, oh, nice. Smoked me. You can't see that on the podcast, but it's, it's a cool photo. <laughs> it's it's ideal oh. podcast content. Um, yeah. he. Yeah. I was looking at a thing on Reddit today, and somebody created a, a thickness scale. Who's the thickest NHL players? And Kopi wasn't like the top ten. It was no, it was the thickest NHL captains. Was it captains? Captains, yeah. Ah, you're looking at this. I mean, Kopi's in good shape. It, it was, but it was like based body, on like it was height and body mass. Height. And, yeah, like Landis Scott was number four or something, which was kind of shocking. Yeah, Kopi's Kopi's pretty jacked, and Willie's Willie's jacked yeah. too. Like those like guys are of, still like, big body, like superstars on the list because yeah, i've been, been hit i've been hit in full pads at full speed by cope and it hurts nope i'll pass on that. yeah i've, I've been i've taken a check from i've taken a check from kopitar and he <laughs> hit me hit me we were both in full hockey pads on ice i i i cruised up the boards and it was like it was for a video for something for the for the olympics in 2014 for sochi he was playing for slovenia um just like a video thing for nbc and i i sprinted up the boards i sprinted up the right side boards and uh you know, he was to catch up to me and, and take the puck from me. So I was carrying the puck up right side boards, started at the red line. He gave me a, a you know, a, 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 you know, a good half a, a good half a zone head start. And by the time I got to, by the time I got to center ice, right board side, he had caught me and hit me at full speed, solid hip check, arms down, everything like that. But he hit me and I, it blew me up. Like, I mean, it, it's a hit, it's a hit, it's a hit. Like it, you know, even with everything on, even with full pads on, I felt it. I mean, he rocked me. It was good. It was a good hit. Yeah, I would yeah, he, like to never strong. have to experience that in my life. Yeah, he's a big boy. I don't see he's a big boy. He's a big teddy bear, though. He is a big teddy bear. He's a softy. <laughs> so he took it easy on you next shift then. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. <laughs> I think he got more enjoyment out of hitting me than I got out of being on the ice with him. So it was a good time. <laughs> That's oh, unbelievable. Man. But well but yeah no it was it was awesome having you on again this it's good catching up good seeing you good to have you actually see our faces and talk this time it's it's been good well i, I appreciate it boys i love i love what you do and and thanks for thanks for being so supportive and, and thanks for being so kind to me and uh for all the nice words and for for having me on as a guest i, I have a lot of fun with this kind of thing so it's uh 
this has been an unbelievable conversation. I actually really, really, really enjoyed it. I can't believe we just talked for like an hour and a half. So right? I, I, know. Uh, I looked at the clock. I was like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> no, it's great. I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. So thank you guys for thanks. Thank you guys for having me on. I, I can't wait to be back in Chicago and, and, and back playing hockey here again soon because I, I miss it. I miss it. Good. Well, we appreciate we'll that, Gizmo. We can't yeah. wait to have you back on here again, too. All right. Thanks, boys. Anytime. Let's go. You just say the word. I'm in. Make me a regular. <laughs> Deal. Deal. You're signed. Yeah. <laughs>